0: Welcome to Unite Immigrant Families. I'm Rosemary Vega, an immigration attorney with over 20 years of experience uniting and keeping families together. If you are looking for immigration information, stick around and listen to me and my fellow immigration attorneys as we discuss what's new and debunk myths. Please note, this is not legal advice and no legal advice will be given on this podcast. Good morning. Welcome back to Unite Immigrant Families. Today, we're going to talk about counseling. Is it taboo or is it not taboo? Today, I have Armando Martinez. He is a counselor um, in Fort Worth, Texas. Armando, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well, Rosemary. How are you?
0: I am good. So, we're going to talk about counseling and the immigrant community. Um generally speaking well actually before we get to generally speaking what is counseling
1: so counseling is a process where an individual or a couple or a family meet with a trained professional uh to kind of work through issues or problems that they may be facing in their lives so that can range between um issues at school uh issues in the marriage or other events that might have occurred that are impacting that family or person.
0: Okay. You know, a lot of people think, oh, if I go to a counselor, I'm crazy. Um, I don't think that's true, but I'm not a trained professional counselor. Tell me (laughs) if I go to a counselor, am I actually crazy?
1: You know, that's a misconception that a lot of people have. uh, And that's not just in the immigrant community, but that's across the community as a whole. A lot of people across the world view counseling as kind of the sit down on the couch and they're going to kind of put nodes on your brain and electrify you and do those kinds of things. We don't do that. That's not something that gets done. Again, what it is, is it's to help you process and kind of work through issues that are occurring and that are, are, hap- are, are occurring in your life. Um, there is some diagnosis that does occur. So if you are having a serious mental illness or or you are having some very severe challenges, sometimes that diagnosis is helpful because what it does is it identifies and it creates symptoms and solutions, more importantly, on how to tackle some of those issues because that's what we want. We want to be able to provide solutions and figure out ways to better manage those issues. That's really the goal. The goal of counseling is to really assist people to live a better life, to live the life that they want to live.
0: Right. So... That sounds that sounds interesting. Generally speaking. Oh well, uh, before we get there. You talked about a licensed professional counselor, right? Yes. So, you know, what what does that mean? Cuz you have like you know, I'm a lawyer and they call me counselor sometimes, but I'm not a counselor. I'm not going to sit there and try to solve your your problems at school or anything like that. I'm going to, I'm here to solve your legal problems, right? So let's talk about, you know, what do you mean by a licensed professional?
1: So there's a lot of terms that go around in terms of the mental health field. You have a counselor, therapist, psychologist, uh, a psychiatrist, and all of those people deal with mental health, right? Just like you have a doctor, these people specialize in mental health. And those issues that are affecting you mentally, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. Um, and so typically, when you go to find a counselor, you want to find somebody who is certified. What that means is that somebody who has a, a, has a master's degree in either psychology or some sort of mental health field. It varies depending on state um, what the degree is. And then they have a, a license through the state of what they're working on. So you have like myself is a licensed professional counselor through the state of Texas. Other states have licensed mental health counselors, which is an LMCH. You have an LMFT, which is a licensed marriage and family therapist. And then you also have licensed clinical social workers. So there's a lot of different terminology. So it can be overwhelming. But ultimately, what you want to make sure is that the person you're talking to has a certification through the state and has a master's degree because there are a lot of people out there that claim to be though they're going to help you right you have life coaches and other people that are like uh, motivational speaking which is important and helpful but they're not going to be able to have to do the exact same thing that somebody who's trained and licensed and the other reason is is that if something goes wrong there's a licensing board there's a state that can come in and kind of make sure that you're okay. You don't want to get medical advice or go to a dentist from somebody in the back of a van. You want to make sure you go to someone who has a degree and has an office. It's the same kind of idea in
0: principle. Great. Thank you. So generally speaking, when do you think it's important to seek out counseling? I think
1: it's important to seek out counseling whenever you notice that there's an issue or a problem that's really impacting your life. And the way we say that is a good rule of thumb is, is it impacting your live, laugh, love factor is the way I like to look at it, right? Is it impacting the way you live your life? Is it impacting the way you, your loved ones see you, the way you love yourself? And is it impacting your happiness, the way you laugh and enjoy things? If you're facing things that are impacting those things, then that's a good time to kind of reach out and say, hey, there's something that's going on that's impacting me. And that could be something from your job a uh, school, a family member, maybe you just don't feel right. Maybe some some the, the brightness of the world is a little bit dull. Um, I've had clients say that, that things just seem a little bit darker. You notice that you're thinking a little bit different. Those are some good warning signs and symptoms that, hey, maybe something's off and maybe I need to go talk to somebody.
0: Um, what I have a question. Yes. What if, what if, let's say, um, I'm in a relationship, and that relationship ends, and I'm having a hard time just getting over that relationship and getting over the, you know, it's in it is impacting my my job and my you know my happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would that be a time to seek out counseling?
1: That might be a good time to reach out and talk to somebody and see if that's a good fit for you. And the other the other misconception is counseling is not super long term. It doesn't have to be. It could be as simple as a one session one time issue and you've talked about it, you've gotten some insight and you don't need to kind of prolong for 6 months a year, two years, right? Again, there's that misconception that once you're in counseling, you're in it for the rest of your life, right? I specialize In brief counseling, which is usually six months or shorter, um, most of my clients run, honestly, it's about two to three months, if that. And then after that, we decide, hey, let's take a break. So any kind of issue that you might be facing, it doesn't necessarily have to be a big issue. It could be something small, but it's big enough to impact your life. And I think that's a good time to kind of start thinking about, hey, maybe I need to talk to somebody else. And the advantage of talking to a licensed professional is, versus talking to your friend, right, your friend can give great advice and can give good insight and help. But sometimes talking to an outside person who is trained to listen, who's trained to understand and help you work through those things. It's that much more of a help. It's the same thing as if you're working out, sometimes you just need a personal trainer, you need somebody who's just a little bit more equipped to kind of help you get to your goals. Same idea.
0: Okay. So, you know, it might be better for me to seek out a counselor as opposed to go to my friends and my friends are like, "Ah, don't worry about it. Let's just go out into the bar and have a good time and try to get out of that rut.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Which, you know, sometimes there's, there's time for that too, for your friends. We, that's a, we call that resource building, right? Those are the resources in your family, in your life. However, sometimes it doesn't always solve those issues. You kind of have to think a little bit more, put a little bit more energy and work into it.
0: Right. So real quick, uh, how would someone go about seeking out counseling?
1: So that's a good question. One of the best ways, there there's several ways. Um, all, most doctor's office and clinics have counseling services or have referrals to different counselors in the area. Um, your uh, health fairs have a lot of different opportunities also with resources to get to provide services. A lot of nonprofit agencies also have that. Um, I will say in North Texas, where I'm based out of, uh, a lot of the nonprofits that work with uh, immigrants and other other families, they have great resources and there are even some free resources. Um, There's a website called Psychology Today. Um, You can Google that and that will pop right up and you can actually filter based on kind of the issues you're facing, where you're located, if you want a male or female counselor, if you have insurance, what kind of insurance you have. And so that's a really good resource also to kind of go through. And sometimes it's that can, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, no. Go ahead.
1: But sometimes, and you know, sometimes it can be it can be a little overwhelming because there's a lot out there, but also kind of check in word of mouth is also helpful. You'd be surprised how many people have actually sought out counseling. And sometimes it's helpful to just ask somebody, hey, I know you talked to somebody, who was that? Sometimes word of mouth oh. is just the best way to go.
0: Okay, great. Great. So, you know, we're talking right now, we're going to talk about the immigrant community. Um, Do you think there's a need for counseling in the immigrant community as well?
1: Absolutely. I think one of the challenges, the the immigrant community faces a lot of challenges. Um, And a lot of those challenges can be difficult and be hard, right? A lot of times we're just, they're just trying to survive. They're just trying to get through and they face their own challenges. And so it's helpful to kind of work through some of those things because they're dealing with things that they may not have ever stopped to think about, and it's impacting a lot of things. Um, So that's helpful. We call that trauma, right? So trauma is a, an emotional response to an event, to a, a very large event. And that could be an accident that could be immigrating, that could be, you know, trying to escape from one country to another, um, being separated from family members, all those things that, you know, immigrant communities face, that can be traumatic. And those traumas, it's important that we work through them, because those will seep through and impact different parts of their life.
0: Um, Yeah, so I have a question. So if Let's say I immigrate from. I'm just going to make up a. Let's say Brazil. I'm immigrating from Brazil, and obviously the language is different, yes. the culture is different. I probably don't have very many friends in the United States as opposed to Brazil. Is that all trauma?
1: Yes, absolutely, because you're you're adjusting. That new change can be traumatic. Now. It may not be traumatic for every person, but for most people, that is a hard, difficult change. And you can feel you can feel isolated, you can feel alone, and that will start impacting your live, laugh, love factor that I was yeah. talking about. And that's yeah. that's where it's important to kind of reach for help. Um, and again, some people have more, we call that resiliency, being able to bounce back. Some people have a little bit more resiliency than others. And there's no shame in saying, "Hey, you know what? I need a little bit of assistance. That's okay."
0: Okay, and uh, so if that is trauma, you know, there's so many kids and so many people who have done the hard trek from Central, even South America, as far as down as Ecuador. From what I've, in my, you know, some of my clients, um all the way up to the United States, whether they're, they tr- take the, they call it la bestia, the train, the beast, mm-hmm. which is very dangerous. Um, Cause they're hopping on the train, right. Um, walking, you know, it's very dangerous terrain. All of that has to be trauma.
1: Yes. I've had, I've had several clients uh, where the, the parent has, uh, migrated into the United States, and they've done just that, right? They've they've done this horrible trek. They've gotten here. They've been established, and the parent is still working through their trauma, trying to get through. And this is they've left the child back in their home country for this was ten years ago, maybe, you know, and that child hasn't seen their parent since they were four. So when they come to the U.S., once the child the parent is situated, the child comes and meets up with the parent. Well, this child hasn't seen this parent for 10 years, they're 14. Now you have a teenager and this parent doesn't know who this 14 year old is. And this 14 year old doesn't know who their parent is. That in itself can be difficult. Right. And so that's where you're trying to, uh, you know, reunify that family. And that's where counseling can be very helpful. Right. And helping a parent understand that this trauma that you went through, your child went through a similar trauma and your parent was trying to protect you from this trauma by going first. And so sometimes sometimes It's really helpful to reunify families that way. Also, if you are a a family member and you're taking in a child that's kind of immigrated, that's also important to know because that's a hard transition. You know, the way of life and the generation here in the United States, the way things are, is very different than some of the other places uh, that people are immigrating from. And that can be traumatic. That can be difficult. And that can be an adjustment. Um. Even if the parent has, even if the child was born in the United States or they came to the United States when they were very young and the parents immigrated, Mm -hmm. that can be difficult because there's a generational gap. There's sometimes even a communication gap. Uh, I've had clients where the children, the teenage children and the adult children only speak English and the adult parents don't speak any English. And so they're living together, literally not speaking the same language and there's communication problems. And so counseling is helpful in that you have an unbiased person step in and kind of explore why people are doing things like that. I've had clients where, you know, they've said, look, I work all the time. I'm doing all these things. I've immigrated all these things because I love you. And the kid looks at me and says, I never knew my mom loved you. I never knew my mom loved me. And I said, you didn't. That's why they're doing all these things. And the parent looks at them and says, of course, why do you think I'm doing all these things? And so that's a beautiful moment. And sometimes it just takes a third person to come in and kind of show this is what's going on to help break that ice and bridge, bridge the, that communication gap.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned that, you know, the kids, whether they're they're probably uh, maybe DACA eligible or DACA kids, or they were born here. And then you have the parent who, and they speak English. And mm-hmm. then the parent doesn't speak English and they're living in this home together. I mean, how, how does that work? Because obviously the child grew up with the parent, the parent only speaks Spanish. So the child must speak some Spanish.
1: They speak, they speak enough to get by. So we like to joke they they, they know enough to get by, but When it comes to really knowing somebody and knowing kind of what their feelings and their emotions are, that child doesn't feel comfortable or that parent doesn't feel comfortable in that other language to really express. And so sometimes it's helpful to have a counselor who is bilingual in that native language to kind of bridge that gap and kind of translate for them in practice. Uh, I've done that many times where uh, I've I've had a client kind of talk to me in English and the parents in the room and I'll turn around and say, don't tell me tell your mom. And she's like, well, and I said, I'll help you. Do your best and I'll help you. And just the matter that the child is trying to explain themselves in that native language, the parent is so open. And then the parent tries to s- explain themselves in English as well. And so it's just a beautiful thing to see them interact and work to try and build that communication. Cause it really is just a communication problem. It's just kind of enhanced because they're speaking different languages.
0: Yeah. That's, you know, a lot. I don't think a lot of people understand that, but it's definitely true. I see it in my law practice a lot, so that's that's definitely true. You know, I usually ask my clients to see counselors um, for their cases, not not so much to learn to communicate, not so much so that they get there, because my concern is their legal issue, right? Mm-hmm. So I want them to go to counseling so they learn how to express themselves so I can get a better story out of them so that they can better understand how to help me help their case. And also for, usually I'm asking the counselor for a report on what's going on. Why is there extreme hardship? Why is there this? Why, what, you know, why should this person be able to stay in the United States, right? So, um, can you tell us how counseling helps, um, clients express themselves a little bit better?
1: Absolutely. Especially when you're talking about hardships and you're talking about trauma, right? If they're, if they're coming from a place where they're being, uh, persecuted or oppressed, that's hard to talk about, right? Talking about some of those experiences. And so seeing a counselor helps that person develop the skills to being able to calm themselves, to being able to look at that situation and then to be able to talk about it in a way that's clear, right? We call that, it's kind of, we call it narrative therapy where we right. talk about our story, um, but we just can't get to it. You know, it's after after an event that happens in our own lives, sometimes it's really hard to talk about right away. We're not ready to talk about it right away. And that's the same thing for 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 these people that are coming into to counseling, our immigrant families. Um, they need to work on ways to feel comfortable And to be assertive, to say, yes, this is what happened to me. This is what's going on. And also, these are the things I'm doing in order to make myself heal and be better. And that's why it's important for me to stay here because I feel safe here, right? That safety is so important. And sometimes they don't understand that. And sometimes a counselor can help pull that out of them and can help them understand and articulate it in a better way. Um, It also helps with understanding what resources and people that are here in the United States that can help them. So for example, if you have if you have a parent who is undocumented and possibly going to be deported, how that will impact the family, right? That's important that they can kind of vocalize and understand because sometimes they don't understand how that's going to impact the family. But when you have the family all in the session, all in the room talking about it, You're able to see it and say, oh, this isn't just about me. This is about my children. This is about my family. And you can also talk about uh, the children's fears. I've had many clients where very young children have talked about being fearful that their parents were going to be taken away. And we were dealing with that trauma, uh, that fear, that anxiety that the young children were having and kind of saying, "Okay, this is what's going on and being able to use that for the parents for, for them to understand, oh, this is important for me to be here?
0: Yeah. You know, it, I think that's very traumatic for children when their parents are in removal proceedings in immigration court, right? Because sometimes it's the children who are translating for the parents. It's the child, you know, the the child sometimes goes with them to court for whatever reason. Um, sometimes it is for translating. Sometimes it's for translating with the attorney. So they go take the child with the, to the attorney to translate for the attorney. Um, you have know, various reasons. And like you said, it does sound like it's very traumatizing to the child. Yes, it can be. And that's
1: where counseling is important to kind of help kind of build that strength, right? So in a situation like that, I would really compliment a child and say, wow, that must be really hard to do that. Where do you get the strength to be able to stand up and do that and really build them up? Because it is, right? It really is a strength and it really is remarkable that they're able to do that. And that's the wonderful thing about counseling is that it's not about necessarily dealing with the problems, but pulling out the strengths that we already have. And particularly in the immigrant community, the things that they've been through, the things that they continue to to persevere through. That strength can help them in different aspects of their life and give them the confidence needed to kind of continue to fight for themselves and advocate for themselves for what they need for them and their family. So that's, I get really passionate about counseling because I see the really good that it can do and really pulling out the positives out of people and just really enhancing their lives.
0: Yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, it does help them express at least for, in my experience with me, it helps uh, them express. Mm -hmm their story. So, they can tell their story a little bit more effectively. They can tell the story coherently, mm-hmm. um, you know, in chronological order, you <laughs> know, instead of being, you know, because this does, and I, it goes to trauma, you know, I'll ask them, okay, what happened when you got to the United States? And they're talking about three years ago when they were raped or something else happened in home country and then they're over here talking about 2 years ago yes you know and it's not in chronological order yes
1: and that's where counseling is really helpful because sometimes it may take multiple sessions to kind of get that narrative and because each time you you tackle a part of that narrative, there's a lot of emotion that comes into it. And so you're able to kind of really work through it, develop the coping skills necessary to talk about it in a very matter of fact way so that you can kind of talk that to your attorney about that, those things and just say, okay, yeah, on this day, this happened to me first. And then this happened to me. That's, that's what's important. And so that it does happen that way. Um, I've had sessions where it, we were all over the place and I had to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's go back, you know, and sometimes yeah. that's the nice thing about counseling. There is some handholding of like, hold on, let's go back to we're talking about this. We'll get there, right? This is important, but let's talk about this first. Let's and, and kind of giving them the skill set to kind of get the story crisp in their mind to understand, so that they can understand what's happened to them as well.
0: Right, because those all goes towards trauma. Exactly. It, it's amazing how trauma is you know, I, and I'm pretty sure the judge, the immigration judges see this, you know, and think, Oh God, it's going to be PTSD again, you know, cause that's what they think. But to educate the judges and anybody really is that trauma does affect the way, not only your emotions, but your thinking process.
1: It literally changes the way your brain works. Trauma is so impactful that it changes your brain chemistry, the different parts of your brain that light up It changes, right? There, we understand trauma so much when we talk about uh, our veterans, right? That's something that a lot of people understand. You know, um, we've all seen movies or TV shows or commercials where, you know, a loud noise and our veteran is kind of under the table or protective. That's because what happens is we call that a flashback, they go back to something that they remember. It's the same thing for. Our immigrant families, that they've experienced something traumatic, something happens. It could be something as a smell. It could be something as a color, someone's tone of voice. I've had clients where uh, they could not, our receptionist uh, could not be there because her tone of voice was like, it reminded them of their mother who they saw awful things happen to their mother. And so we had to kind of make sure that, you know, it's not about her, but just kind of helping Mm -hmm. them because that triggers Parts in our brain; it rewires our brain. Uh, not to get all like super nerd about it, but the 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 neurology, the chemistry about it is really interesting. But the nice thing about it is, is that our brain is very adaptable and flexible, and there can be healing from the trauma. It's not always easy, but it can be. But it, it takes time because a lot of these things do bring up those past emotions and those responses, and when those things come up, people feel like they're back in that situation, and they have to defend themselves, or they have to fight, or they have to run away. Um, and it can it can appear very different to those of us that aren't aware or haven't experienced that type of trauma. So we always have to be understanding of somebody's story. And again, that's where it comes; it becomes important that people are able to express their story and be able to tell what happened, so that they yeah. can kind of get get the help that they need.
0: Yeah. And, you know, um, it just it just reminds me that the immigrant community has suffered so much trauma. And, you know, when they face they come to the United States and they face, uh, let's say, the CBP officer at the border or they get caught. And, you know, these CBP officers are in uniform. Mm hmm. Right. And if they've had some sort of interaction, a bad interaction with their government authorities in home country, that could trigger something. Right. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. They they'll they'll become standoffish, they'll become secretive, which then makes them look, you know, suspect to things because they're fearful. Right. Because, again, the United States is very different than some of these other countries that they're coming from. And their governments are very different. And some of them are mistrusting and don't trust people because they've learned they can't. It's a survival instinct. And again, it's the way our brains are changing. We're adapting to those environments. And so we have to switch.
0: Right, right. So, yeah, we're coming to the end. We're almost at 30 minutes. So one thing that I wanted to talk about really quick is... Yeah, you know, I always ask for reports because on pretty much every single immigration case that I have, whether it be a domestic violence case, because obviously they've suffered a lot of trauma and they have a hard time talking, uh, getting their story together. Uh, asylum, you know, they've been persecuted or they fear being persecuted. They fear going back to their country, right? Um, even in family-based cases, I asked for. Counselor reports because sometimes we need to show extreme hardship for a waiver or something. Inevitably, I need a counselor report for with their my clients in court because sometimes I need to show. You know, you have a U.S. citizen child or parent or legal servant little legal permanent resident child or parent or spouse. And then this person who's in removal proceedings and I need to show it's, it's a very high standard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's extreme and exceptionally unusual hardship. I have to show extreme and exceptionally unusual hardship to that U S citizen or legal permanent resident spouse, parent, or child, right? Sometimes that child or spouse, the child usually doesn't speak English Mm -hmm. or, or I mean, Spanish and they're going back to home country or native country, you know, they've never, the child's never been to this home country. So we're dealing with all these issues and the child's like, well, I've never been there. So mm-hmm. what do I know what it's like? Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So I send them, I send him to counselors. And how would you, um, how would you attack that approach to help so, get that?
1: Yeah. One of the things in in, in the practice that I work with, uh, we do do, we do go to court. Uh, it's more family, based stuff but we do go to court and we typically do work with the attorneys um there'll be you have to get a uh, conf- like privacy there has to be an agreement mm-hmm. from the client to talk to the attorney and basically we just kind of as we continue as we go through the sessions we kind of write our notes and we kind of send a progress report or you know after x amount of sessions we'll send out a massive report of saying hey this is what we found this is what's being said this is what's what What's occurring, you know, and we will put, you know, for the mental well being of the client, whether that be the child or the parent, you know, this is traumatic, this will be, you know, possibly detrimental, particularly if the child, if there is a child that has to return to a country that they do not know, that can be very, very impactful for that child, and it is doing harm, it will definitely create harm. And so, you know, things like that occur. Um, There have been uh i am luckily enough to be trained on how to testify if if i get subpoenaed and go to court um which is you know in a in a counseling there are certain rules of ethics of confidentiality mm-hmm. um so there there are ways to we learn ways to kind of answer those questions to kind of make sure that our ethics that we have to abide by but also meeting the needs of the client and what the court is asking for. Um,
0: Great. And I have a question. So real quick before we end. These these children or this spouse or this parent, you know, when they're seeing you, you go through the same process as you would in any other counseling session. Right.
1: Absolutely. Uh, going Absolutely. through
0: and just kind of getting the information and helping them work, see what's going to happen and and work through it.
1: Absolutely. Right. It, it's about what's what's occurring, what's going on. And then really, how are we going to deal with that situation? That's kind of the the important counseling piece is How are we going to deal with? emotionally, and what are some of the actions that we can do, you know, to do, I don't give advice, I can't tell them what to do, Mm -hmm. but kind of lead them on the path of helping them see, oh, these are my options. And this is probably the best option for me, you know, and what's going to make me happiest and make my life better.
0: Great. So we're, we're out of time. But I wanted to ask you where if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how could they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, I, I work at, I, I'm based in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, I work at Brighter Possibilities Family Counseling, um, and that phone number is 817-924-2732. Um, and you can give us a call, uh, and we'll be able to kind of assist you. Uh, there's, a, there's a group of us, there's a couple of us, so we can all kind of provide services as need be.
0: Great. Thank you so much. And if any of our listeners want to, uh, didn't get the number or need some information, you can always email me at uniteimmigrantfamilies at gmail.com. Thank you, and I hope you guys come in back and listen to us in a couple of weeks. Thank you for listening to Unite Immigrant Families. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want more information about me or my guest, please email me at uniteimmigrantfamilies at gmail.com. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. I hope you join us on this bi-weekly podcast. No legal advice was provided and none will ever be provided on this podcast.